Go ahead and pull out something to take notes with this morning. Take out a Bible. Uh, if you didn't bring a Bible, there's one under your seat. And uh, you can use it. You can take it with you. You can take as many as you want, pass them out, use them as placemats at your house, whatever. They're for you, is what I'm trying to say. Open up to Isaiah chapter 54. And if your neighbor's not turning there, make sure you get them there for them. Give them an elbow or something. Isaiah 54. We're going to read it here right at the beginning, right to start off uh, this message. And uh, I love this time of year. I love the beginning of the new year. And uh, we're going to have fun in church this morning. God's going to speak. And uh, I just think it might change us. I'm ready to get changed. So verses 1 through 3 of Isaiah 54, uh, raise your hand if this is not new to you in this church. You've you've been a part of this church for a while. You hear these verses a lot, and uh, God just keeps bringing them up, so we're going to keep going with them. Verse number 1, Isaiah 54. If you're there, say, I'm there. If you can see it on the screen, say, I can. Everybody's here. Sing, O barren one who did not bear. Break forth into singing and cry aloud, you who have not been in labor. For the children of the desolate one will be more than the children of her who is married, says the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent. Let the curtains of your habitation be stretched out. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. For you will spread abroad to the right and to the left, and your offspring will possess the nations and will people the desolate cities. I want you to touch your neighbor real quick and just tell them this is for you. (laughs) If you're sitting by yourself, feel free to scoot over. If you don't like who you're sitting next to, it's too late. You're locked in. You had your chance. (laughs) I love this time of year. Like I said, I love the beginning of the year just in general, but I love it for uh, us in our church. Uh, This is our third new year as a church. Uh, So we're about two and a half years old. And so there's three new years in there, I think, to my count. And uh, every year we use January. Uh, January has turned into vision month for us where we uh, just get to hear from God on what he's calling us to, who he's calling us to be. And uh, historically, God has been outrageously faithful to what he has spoken to us in the Januaries that we have had as a church. Um, Before we had a January as a church, uh, my wife and I moved back here from Texas uh, in 2016 in May and started this church in our living room. Shout out to the living room crew. Come on. And uh, we had a good time, and we remember praying and asking God, Lord, you know, what, what are you speaking for us in this season of our church, this first season of our church? What do we need to do? What are you saying over us? And we felt really clearly the Lord spoke to us, take strangers and create family so that, when you, so that you invite people home and not to an event. And we thought, yes, that's so good. You know, as we're trying to just respond to God, that's a great place to start, a framework to work in. And uh, I know that not only was God faithful to that in those seven months that we had in 2016, God is not done. He has still been doing that. And uh, I love that the words God has given us, they don't expire at the end of the year. He just keeps rolling them over. It's so fun. Anybody remember rollover minutes back in the day? I might feel like I'm starting to be in the old category of the world. Um, so, and I know that what's so fun is, you know, so many of you, whether, whether you just come for the first time this morning or whether you've joined our church sometime uh, between 2017 and now, I know that if I were to ask you what's one reason that this has become uh, the place where you've landed, you would say something about it feels like family. And uh, we just hear every week people coming in and being like, wow, it just feels like family. It feels like family around here. And uh, I don't even know what that means, but it feels like family. God has created family in this church. And, uh, and I pray that this really is more than an event for all of us. I pray that this is home uh, in the presence of God because that's what we're made for. Amen. Amen. Yeah. 
in 2017, God spoke a word to us. Uh, we're moving in. We're moving in. He promised us that 2017 was going to be a year of moving into the promises of God. And uh, at the beginning of that year, we were meeting as a church in the Old National Center in the dungeon, I mean the basement of that place. Uh, shout out to the Old National crew, anybody. So fun, uh, kind of, but yes. And uh, it, was, it was fantastic. But we were meeting down there. We were about three months into being a new church. We were averaging about 40 people on a Sunday. And we felt like God said, we're moving in. It's going to be a year of moving into the promises of God. And as a church, you need to find a home. We're like, why? This is working out great. This is a room that fits like 600 people. And we have 40. We have plenty of space. Anybody remember that? <laughs> We just believed that God was saying that he was going to do something more than we could have imagined. And so we just tried to hold on to it. And man, oh man, that year, people started moving into the promises of God. We had like, in that little church, we had like five families moving to their first house, which was awesome. We, uh, people were having uh, children for the first time. People were getting breakthrough, things that they had been carrying for a long time. And then at the very end of the year, long story short, we got this building that we're in now. And uh, that was crazy. Uh, anybody would long for that ride. That was a wild time. We were meeting on the other side of this wall, which is now offices as of, as of this last week. Yeah. Pretty exciting. Pretty crazy. So I wish we could go into the whole thing, but we can't. 2017, we're moving in. And uh, I just believe and, and see time and time again that as a people, God is not done moving us into his promises. He is not done. Leave, he's not leaving us where we are. He's always moving us forward. Yeah. And I love that. And this last year, 2018, God spoke the word to us Jesus people. Jesus people, an invitation uh, just to, to recenter again into the simplicity of an obsession with Jesus. You know, would it be enough, even in the midst of trying to live life, and, and, and we were st you're still in so many ways just starting a church, and, and you've got everything going on, and all the things, and all the stuff, and all the podcasts, and the life situations, and everything we got going on in life, is it just Jesus? Could we be known as not Antioch Community Church or the people who do this or vote that way? What if we were just Jesus people? When people talked to us, interacted with us, saw us, heard about us, saw uh, the pastor's truck driving down the road, they would just think Jesus people. So uh, it was a fun year, and uh, I fell more in love with Jesus in 2018, and I think a lot of you did too. It was awesome. So this month, today, we get to talk about the word for 2019. Oh, you, yeah, the snap is right. It's a good one, and I'm excited about it. And uh, we are going to take the rest of the month to, to talk way more about it. So uh, this morning, I'm hoping just gets you fired up. You may not even get anything to do about it, but you're going to get fired up. And I'm excited about it. And I don't know if you noticed, but uh, there was somebody who, who uh, gifted us some heater units. So it's warm in here nowadays. I'm already sweating, and that's awesome. So uh, if you weren't here like four weeks ago, you don't even know how big of a deal this is. That's a testimony right there. I actually had three people come up to me this morning and be like, hey, it's a little toasty. Can we turn it down? I about started praying in tongues saying, praise the God, praise God. <laughs> I hope you do sweat this morning. <laughs> For this morning, for this word to tell you, I've, I've been just, we've been praying as a leadership team for the last two months, God, what are you speaking? And God's been stirring so much in every, in, in, in us as a church, and there's, it's just been a fun ride. And uh, for this morning, uh, you know, like I, I mentioned, just on the other side of these walls, as of this last week, we have offices now, which is just the craziest thing. It's so fun. We had our first week in a real office. It was awesome, and it was cool. And uh, this chair is actually from my office. I have two of these in there, and uh, they're cool. 
I walked in the first morning and I was like, wow, I have like an office with chairs in it. That's pretty, feel important, I don't know. And they're really cozy and we may end up, you know, maybe we get to have a conversation in these one day. I don't know, that'd be fun. But I was thinking about this word and I just was picturing, okay, how do we talk about this? How do we convey what God's uh, speaking? Uh, Because I'm wound up. And uh, how are we going to do this? And I just had this thing in my head. I was just like, man, I just wish that I could sit down with every single one of you in these two chairs, just one at a time, and we could have a conversation. And I would love to like, hear about you. And, and for those of you I don't know, we'd get a little update on your life, hear your story, all that kind of stuff. You'd probably share some highs and lows through your life and all that kind of stuff. And then if you finished that conversation, feeling however you feel about your life or you or God or whatever in that moment, if you were to ask me, okay, what is the word of the Lord for 2019? What's the word of the Lord for 2019? And, and, I, and I'm hoping that this morning, something that lands in you, if one thing lands in you, it's that this word isn't like just a word for like Antioch, like the building, That's right. you know, like the, the organization. This is what God is speaking for us. Yeah. It's for all of us. And, uh, and so because I'm intense, I'd probably, I'd probably listen like this. And when you ask me that question, I'd probably do this. And it, since we're not, since we can't actually do that, I can say I'd, I'd like probably put my hands like on your knees, even though that'd be so inappropriate. So we're not actually doing that. So we can, you know what I'm saying? But I'd just be all up in your grill. And I would say, okay, I need you to listen. Because it's a simple phrase, but there's a lot behind it. And I would say, I know, I know that like you, like you have you. Like, you got you going on, and I got me going on, too, and, like, I got issues, and you see your issues, and you've got your, like, confidences and your insecurities and your discipline. You got, you got you going on. Anybody have you going on? Anybody? Okay. And I got me going on, too. But I need you to put you aside for a second, and everything that you think about you and all the things that you got you going on, you need to put you aside for just a second because God is speaking. He is speaking over your life, and he is talking to you. He has something to do with you. He wants to invite you into his kingdom more than you have any idea. Jesus loves you. Jesus sees you. Jesus died for you. Jesus saved you. And if you're not saved yet, today's the best day in the world to get saved, and you can be born again, and you can have a new life. Like, Jesus is alive. And what he wants to say to you in the midst of this invitation, this reality of who he is, is simply this. Do not hold back. Amen. Wow. That's right. That's right. Do not hold back. God's speaking to you. Do not hold back. God's inviting you into something. Do not hold back. Do not hold back. Enlarge the place of your tent. Let the curtains of your habitation be stretched out. Lengthen your cords, strengthen your pegs, and here it is. Do not hold back. Isaiah 54, 2 is what God's saying to you this year. What God is saying to us. Do not hold back. Before we dive into this a whole lot more, I think there's a good question to ask that you might be wondering, and I think it's worth settling in here at the beginning because I don't know your background, where you come from. What's the word of the Lord? Like, is that like a motto? You know, like a mission statement? You know, like, okay, cool. Like, that sounds cool, and that might be new for you, and that's great. 
And, uh, you know, like, the, yeah, sure, it's a model, but I want you to know that, like, this word didn't come from, like, a meeting on a how to wordsmith something that sounds inspirational. This has come from months and weeks of praying and seeking the Lord to multiple people in our church. Like, this is the word of the Lord, like, God speaking. And when he speaks, he creates, right? Wow. Yeah. Like, this, like, in the beginning, there was nothing. God spoke, and he created. And so when he speaks, he creates. That's what a word of the Lord is. When, when God makes a promise, which is what this is, he's faithful to his promise. And, and when God sends out a word to do something, that word doesn't return void. This is not just a motto. This is a promise from God over our lives this year. That's what a word of the Lord is. He is making a promise. And like I said, if you have been around our church for any length of time, you've heard these verses. We've preached on these verses. We've talked about them. These have been a cornerstone set of verses for our whole network of churches since they began almost 30 years ago. So this is nothing new for us, but God keeps bringing it up. And there's just something that I sense that God's on, again, this one thing really strongly this year that it's time for this word if, if it's in you like this it, it needs to go from from just some Antioch word some corporate word and this year it's personal God wants you to know this year it's personal it's not an Antioch word it's your word it's your word as a part of this church and a part of this family and if we're talking about promises and we're going to go into the promises of God, we're going to believe in the promises of God and all this kind of stuff. There's one thing that we got to make really clear about God's promises right here at the very beginning. And you need to write this down, that God's promises are partnerships. We got to make that clear right off the bat. God's promises are partnerships. And so when he speaks a promise to you, he's partnering with you so that you can see the promise that he has spoken. And with a partnership... It means you have a role to play. You've got a role to play in this. And if you look at Isaiah 54, 1 through 3, you, you, see, this, uh, you see this pattern. You see in verse 1, it says, Sing, O barren one who did not bear, break forth into singing, cry aloud. You have not been in labor for the child of the desolate says the Lord. In verse 1, God speaks. God speaks. In verse 1, you go down to verse 3. For you, will, uh, for you will spread abroad to the right to the left. Your offspring will possess nations and will people the desolate cities. Verse 1, God speaks. Verse 3, God does. But in the middle is verse 2. Where this barren woman that is spoken to in verse 1. And who has something done for her in verse 3. She responds. And in the middle of God speaking and God doing is you believing. And between God speaking and God doing is you believing. God's promises are partnerships. He required something of this woman. He required something of this woman. And I want you to hear me carefully on that last phrase. That's why it's on the screen and that's why hopefully you're writing down is that I, I didn't say, because you need to hear me carefully, that, that yes, I am saying that in the promises and the partnerships of God to see it come to pass, there is something required of you as a partner in this partnership. There is something required of you, but it's important that you be clear on what I said and what I didn't say. I said what it requires of you is your belief, your believing. What I didn't say is that it requires your behaving. I'm coming for you. 
Because people, we, we get worked up and when we start talking about like God and, and behavior in church, right? Like we get worked up and we get offended and like God wants you to do this and, and be like that and don't do all of this. And, and, and actually the truth is that that's true. Like, like God, God cares about your behavior. Your behavior matters. God speaks about behavior and, and all of that. But, but I want you to know that like your behavior does matter, but it's not the point. Your behavior matters but it's not the point. It matters, but it's not required. It matters for what God has for you, but it's not required for what God has of you. You're behaving. But what is required is your believing. God requires your belief in the promise because God knows something about you. As you know, the designer and all that. The one who puts you together. He knows something about the way that you work. And the reason that behavior can matter but not be required, the reason that it absolutely matters but it's not the point, the reason that it, it, it is a priority but it's not primary, the reason that behavior matters but it's not the point is that God knows about you that your behavior is just a demonstration of your belief. And if God can get your belief, your behavior will follow. If you've got 100 behaviors to work on, and you try going one by one down those 100, you're going to be discouraged, maybe like you are right now. But the truth is, if you can generally, if you can take care of like one, two, three, a handful of beliefs, those hundreds seem to fall in line real fast. What you do demonstrates what you believe. The reason you keep going back to things or that I, I will ever go back to something that I know God's trying to call me away from, the reason I, I would go back to those things is because the bottom line is it's not because I can't do what God's asking me to do. It's the, I don't believe that his way is better than mine. When you don't obey God, it's not because you can't. <laughs> like we is not an excuse. And that's awesome because it means you can. Come on. That's not the judgmental way. It's like, no, hey, you're free to do it. So like, let's just be really honest and get set free that the reason that you don't, be you don't behave according to what God says is because generally you don't believe what God says about what he's asking you to do. I know it's true for me. I know it's true for you. And it's offensive for me to say it. And the reason I know it's offended and you're probably offended is because I'm offended. I'm offended by that. I want an excuse. I want to be able to look at God and say, I couldn't do it. I couldn't pull it up. I wasn't strong enough. But you didn't know what was done to me. And God's like, yeah, for sure. Like, let's talk. Let's go there. But you can. What do you believe? What do you believe about me? Yes, that thing was big. But do you believe I'm bigger? God's trying to deal with your belief. And even if you're offended... You're offended with me, so let's just be offended together because that's what's cool these days, right? Like, let's start a blog and stuff. <laughs> Even if you're offended like I am, I still want you to listen to this because there's a lot more. There's a lot more. So just don't, don't check out now and say, man, that church is judgy. <laughs> right behavior will not earn you anything in the kingdom. Your right behavior earns you nothing in the kingdom, but your right belief gives you access to everything. Your right belief earns you, or your right behavior earns you nothing in the kingdom. 
It's not legalistic like that. It's not hoop jumping like that. It's not impress God like that. Your right behavior doesn't earn you a thing, but your right belief is what gives you access to everything. God's asking for your belief. He's asking for your belief. So this year, don't expect this year to behave any differently if you don't start believing any differently. (laughs) Don't start thinking you're not going to be going back to that place if you keep believing that place has something for you. Should we keep going down this road? (sighs) God's trying to get you free. He's trying to teach you freedom. Okay. Let's keep going. Because there's more. So God steps in in Isaiah 54, and he promises this barren woman babies in verse 1. And then in verse 2 is where she starts to respond. It's when he gives her instruction. He says, I'm going to give you this promise, barren woman. You're going to have babies. Here's what I need you to do. And the astute observer will notice that nothing about the instruction he gives her has anything to do with any baby-making behavior. This is fascinating. There's no man. There's no pregnancy. There's no labor. Just build a house. He didn't ask her to accomplish the word because she didn't speak the word. And some of you need to know that you need to stop wearing yourself out trying to accomplish things that God spoke to you that you didn't speak over yourself. You didn't speak the promises of God over you. You can't pull them off. Stop wearing yourself out. Stop beating yourself up for not being able to do the things that God said he would do for you. Stop beating yourself up for trying to work so hard and trying to say, well, you said it, so I got to pull it off. You don't have to pull it off. When God needs a baby, he'll use a virgin. He's not looking for your fertility. He's looking for your faith. You've been thinking that God's been requiring some of your behavior to do some of the things that he's spoken over you. And I bet that there's some promises in your life that you're feeling pretty disappointed by. And God's actually just waiting for you to let go of the reins. He's saying, stop trying to do what I said. I said it. Come on, somebody. Let it go. Stop trying to keep promises you didn't make. God doesn't need your behavior for you to have the promise. He needs your belief to house it. Oh, it's freeing. It's freeing. Because when you're barren, you can't have babies. And God's not asking you to. Oh, see, when God promises something to you, the first response, I can't do that. Yeah, right. God's not telling you you can. He's asking you to do something different. He's not asking you to like change the behavior that you can't change. He's asking you to build a house to house the behavior that he's going to do. The fruit of the action that he's going to do. So let your action is a demonstration of the belief in what he has spoken. Because when God speaks to you, when he wants to do something in your life, he's not concerned with your barrenness. God's not concerned with the barrenness in your life. When he's speaking promise to you, when he speaks babies over your life, he's not concerned about your barrenness. When he's speaking 
freedom from addiction over your life, he's not concerned with how strong that addiction is. He's concerned with his word. See, when God speaks over your life, uh, he, 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 he doesn't consult your past about it. He doesn't ask your past opinion. He, uh, he doesn't really check and consult your Instagram follower account to see if you're worthy to be used. He doesn't gather the opinion about you from all the disappointments in your life to see what do your disappointment think about you? What do your failures think about you? What do your exes think about you? What do your bad decisions think about you? What does all your mom or your dad or the people who let you down? He doesn't ask what they think about you. There's one opinion that God cares about in your life. There's one perspective that God cares about of you in your life. There is one voice that God cares about speaking over your life. And I'll let you guess what his name is, but it starts with the Holy Ghost. Jesus. He cares about what he has to say. So you should too. Don't care about voices he doesn't care about. Don't care about things he's not talking about. Let him speak. Be concerned with the things he is concerned with. Why should you consult the past when he doesn't? Enlarge the place of your tent. Let the curtains of your habitation be stretched out. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your pegs. I want to give you four areas of your life, four areas in your world to not hold back this year. I got 117, but we'll do four. I'm just kidding. I don't have 117. I just got four. So we'll do four. You have faith for this year? Oh, I think it's going to be fun. Number one, your life. Don't hold back your life. Enlarge the place of your tent. Enlarge the place of your tent. God's speaking to you this year. Don't hold back your life. Philippians 4 verses 8 and 9 says this. It says this. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's anything excellent, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. God's like, wants your whole life. He, he, he wants your whole life, and that's not because like, he's, he's a Scrooge and stingy and doesn't want you to have fun. Like, he wants to bless the whole thing. He wants to use the whole thing. He wants to lead you in every area of your life this year. Philippians 4, 8 is that word. Enlarge the place of your tent. Like, let, let the domain of God spread in your life. And I love this, this word that he, he, he gives. It's, it's like, hey, you enlarge your tent. So, like, you're allowed to look around your life and the things that you see that maybe you wish God had domain over that he just, you're like, it seems to be held back right now. And you're like, God, would you do it? Like, God, I need breakthrough. And he's like, you do it. Just go for it. You're allowed to take initiative, to allow to take initiative and enlarge the tent of your life, to enlarge the dominion of God in your life. Let's put that verse back up there. I love, there's a big word in this verse they say a lot. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, commendable, if there's anything excellent, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about those things. Like this is a full-on license from God to be whatever in your life. Like the whole thing can be controlled by God if you want it to be. If there's an area in your life like, God, what do you want to do with me in this, this, this year? He's like, whatever, whatever. If it's like pure and like, let's, let's go do what, like, whatever. Whatever, man. Like, yes. Like, you want to give me that much time or this, that, or you, want, you wish I were doing that? Okay, cool. Like, let's think about that stuff. Let's like, if it's pure, go for it. 
Don't worry about like if it's like A and B. If, if A and B are both pure, just pick one and go for it. And God will straighten it out along the way if he needs to. You are free. Enlarge the place of your tent. Don't hold back your life from God. Don't hold back your mind from God. Don't hold back your decisions from God. Don't hold back from him this year. Let the influence of Jesus spread around you in your life this year. Do not hold back. When he asks for something, don't be afraid to give it to him. Because when God asks something of you, he's trying to give something to you. And we can look at a list like that and say, whatever is pure. Like The trade is impure stuff for pure stuff. Like, but we look at it as like, oh, that Netflix show I really like versus like boring God. I know it's like super not cool to start talking about people's Netflix in church, but <laughs> there might be something. And God's like, whatever is pure, like, let's think about that. He's not like, hey, whatever is pure, think about that. He's like, hello, there's like a life over here of purity. And the Bible says that the pure in heart are going to see God. And you can choose impurity and see that show, or you can choose purity and see God. It's a trade. See, like, behavior is a trade. It's not a tax. We see behavior as, like, kingdom tax. Like, oh, well, we owe it to God. He's at, you know, no, no. It's trade currency. Give me that garbage for this gold. Give me that death for this life. Give me that impurity for this purity. Give me that addiction for this freedom. Let's trade. Don't hold back your life from God. Number two, let the curtains of your habitation be stretched out. Do not hold back your mind. Your mind. Your mind. All week as I was working on this message, this point was, was your heart. And then I felt like yesterday God was really on it and changed it from your heart to your mind. Because I think that there's some things that we think happen in our heart that actually happen in our mind. And there's some battlefields that you've been trying to fight in your heart, waiting for God to change your heart, and he's waiting on you to change your mind. Romans chapter 8 says this in verses 5 and 6. For, the, for those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. For those who live according to the Spirit, set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death. But, set the mind, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and is peace. So much of your life and who you are happens in the habitation of your mind. So much happens in the habitation of your mind, what you think about God, what you think about you, what you think about others, how you make decisions, how you process events in your life. And God saying by the Holy Spirit, let the curtains of your habitation be stretched out. Let's make decisions my way this year. Let's process through some things this year, my, this year, my way. Let's think about others my way. Let's think about you my way. Let's think about God my way. Let me stretch your mind. The biggest barrier to belief is not what's going on in your heart. So it's going on in your mind. And God's not asking you to throw away your mind. He's asking to let him renew it. See, people of faith don't throw away their minds. They just let God renew them. There's an upgrade in your thinking this year. There's a software update that has to happen. Like, faith is not like, okay, throw away the iPhones. They're all of the devil, right? Like, throw away... The, throw away the science, throw away the facts, throw away. No, 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 no. He just wants you to, he wants to teach you how to think. 
and there's life and peace in it. See, your anxiety is not in your heart. It's what's going on up here. And God's saying, let me stretch your mind. Stretch out the habitation. Stretch out the curtains of your habitation. Let me stretch you out to believe, to trust the word of the Lord. When God speaks something and it comes up against something you can't pull off, it doesn't mean you say no. It means you got to be stretched. He's trying to stretch you. And here's something you need to know in this inspirational moment where you're fired up to let God stretch you. I'm telling you, stretching feels like stretching. So if it starts to hurt, you're doing it right. Come on. Step one, and not holding back your mind, <laughs> right there. Let God stretch you out. Don't hold back. Lengthen your cords. Lengthen your cords, your influence. Don't hold back your influence this year. I want you to believe that God's ready to use you in other people's lives this year. Don't hold back yourself from others. Don't hold back yourself from what God's inviting you into in somebody else's life. Don't disqualify yourself. Don't tell everybody and come up with every excuse why somebody else could do whatever God's asking you to do better than you. He didn't ask anybody else. He asked you. Whose opinion matters? He's ready to use you. And he's just inviting you. Don't hold back. Don't hold back. Don't hold back your coworkers. Don't hold back your workplace, your family, your friends, your marriage. Don't hold back the influence of how God wants to work through you and bring the kingdom of God through you and speak his word through you and demonstrate his character through you and establish his kingdom in your life for the sake of others so that they can be blessed. Genesis 12, 1 through 3. Big, amazing verse. You've been in church. You've heard it. We've talked about it here before. It says this when God speaks to Abraham. He says, now the Lord said to Abraham, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you and I will make you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing I will bless those who bless you and and him who dishonors you I will curse and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed the great big story of God is how he wants to use one for the sake of everyone All through the Old Testament, the people of God and ultimately find what we find in Jesus is the way that God wants to demonstrate himself through the one what he wants to do for everyone. See, this gospel is not exclusive. It's the most inclusive thing in the world. It just has to be shown. There's got to be contrast. God's got to show what he's doing in your life. God's got to show the people around you what it looks like when you walk in the blessing of God. Not so that they feel judged, but so that they get hungry for it. Come on, stop worrying about what other people are going to think about you. Stop worrying about if you're saying it right or doing it right. Just let God flow through your life. Let him bless the nations through you. Like believe for that. He says your children will possess nations and people desolate cities. The promise he made to one was for generations. The promise he's making to you is for the world around you. Don't hold back your influence. Strengthen your pegs. Don't hold back your source. Don't hold back your source this year. Don't hold back your need from God. Don't hold back where you need strength. Don't hold back from Jesus. I was looking for like a good verse for this, and I was just like, gosh, it's just the whole Bible. Like, this is it. Like, God's just like, man, come on. Like, just come to me. Like, 
Come on. We'll, we'll just go through a whole bunch of them real fast just because it's the new year. <laughs> Isaiah 40, 29. When you're weak, he gives power to the faint and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Psalm 119. When you are full of sorrow, my soul melts away for sorrow. Strengthen me according to your word. Don't hold back when you're feeling good. Ephesians 6 says, uh, so don't let your strength be enough. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Don't let your strength be enough this year. By all means, like, have a good year, but don't let that be enough. Yeah. <laughs> like, let God go through you. Don't let your ability be enough. Isaiah 40, 31, when you need hope, don't hold back from God. Don't, don't hold back your need, your, your need for a source of hope. Wait on the Lord, and he will renew your strength. And 2 Corinthians 12, 9, on the off chance this year that you're not perfect in 2019, on the off chance... Don't hold back your imperfections from God because his grace is sufficient for you and his strength is made perfect in your weakness. Don't hold back. Don't hold back your source. We could go on and on. Like I said, this is the Bible. This is the big story of God. But just at the end of the day, if you won't hold back your source, I promise you, you are gonna know Jesus more 12 months from now than you do right now. And I want that. God is ready to show you who he is this year. He is faithful. You're going to know his love. You're going to know his grace. You're going to know his ways. You're going to know his voice. He is inviting you in. Do not hold back. Go deep into the presence of God this year. Let him go into the depths of you. Let him touch the source of where you get life, where you get fulfillment, where you get joy, where you get peace. Like, don't just ask for a dose of peace. Like, let him go and be the source. Don't hold back your source. Strengthen your pegs. Let's be rooted in the word of God. Let's be rooted in the things of God. Let's be planted in the house of the Lord this year. Let's let our pegs be strengthened. Do not hold back. Do not hold back. It's going to be a good year, 2019. Let's stand up and respond to what God's speaking to us. We're going to worship like we always do. And I'm excited for these next three weeks together. I believe that they're going to be encouraging, that they're going to be empowering. And that as we continue this series, do not hold back and continue to digest this word that God has given us. It's going to be awesome because there's one big problem that we haven't started talking about yet that we're going to be talking about for the next three weeks. There's a big problem. Everybody say, I've got a problem. I got a problem. Good. We're all in the same boat. If he has to tell us not to hold back, our tendency must be to hold back. <laughs> That's our problem. That's going to be your problem and my problem this year. We can get inspired, but let's talk about it. Let's talk about our tendencies. What makes us actually hold back? Because if he has to say it, I don't have to tell my kids not to touch stuff that they aren't touching. Right? If God's got to say it, it means I'm tending towards the opposite. I hope you're inspired to not hold back. I hope you're clear on what to not hold back. But the next three weeks, we're going to talk about how to not hold back. Let's get into it. Because let's not just get inspired. I want to do it. I want to do it. I want to hear what God's speaking and I want to do it. But like I said, first, this week was about your belief. We got to deal with that first. And then we can start letting our behavior follow. Amen? If you're new with us, we always have these moments at the end of our service where we worship again and we want to be a people who respond, who take these moments to immediately respond to what it is that God's doing inside of us. 
And I think that just at the beginning of this year, I wanted to just share with you, sort of this has to do with the message, sort of not, I don't know. I just want you to have major belief for these 10, five minutes that we take every week. I just really, over the last couple months, I just feel like God's been on these last few minutes. Saying like, this is the grand finale. You know, like, if you love worship, that's awesome. The worship's great. If you love the message or whatever, like, that's great. But God's like, but let me have those last few minutes. These are going to be moments of encounter all year long. These are going to be moments of salvation, moments of reconciliation, moments of truth, moments of being filled with the Holy Spirit, moments of freedom. These are going to be serious moments. And I think that just going into this next year, I want to talk to us as a church. And, and I think, you know, over the last two and a half years, I've just noticed that these are the, these are the minutes where it's like, hey, let's respond. And everyone's like, I don't know what to do. You know, like, it's not normal. that Maybe a lot of churches you've been to don't do something like this or the way we do it. I just want to tell you, do not hold back. It doesn't have to make sense. Let God have these minutes. Let God have these moments. I want you to believe that God's not done until this thing's over. God's not done with you. And so this week and every week, we're going to have people over to the side that are available to pray. And I'm not going to start counting who, who goes over there and we're not going to be like, nobody leaves until everybody goes. You know, like we're not doing that thing. You know, I just, I'm not keeping track of it. I just want this for you. Like if it's new for you to have somebody pray with you, try it. It's awesome. Like you're in church. This is a great place to get some prayer. People who are praying for you, they're not perfect. You don't need them to be perfect. You need God, and they want to pray for you, so we're good. And in these moments, I want you to be ready to respond. Like sometimes you're going to be getting your phone out, and you're going to be sending text messages to people that you've been, that have been on your mind during this sermon. You're going to be sending apologies. You're going to be sending invites to lunch. You're going to be sending something in these moments. Like get ready for God to use you in these moments. God wants to do something. You're going to have conversations with the people next to you like your spouse, about that fight you had on the way to church, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, it's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be awesome. Do you have faith for these final minutes together? So let's worship. Let's believe for miracles. If you need healing this week, any week, if you know people, like, God's ready to break, break through. God's ready to do his thing. God's ready for his kingdom to come into your life. So you take that and do whatever it is that you want to do with it. If God's stirring something in you, I want you to do it. It doesn't have to look like anything to anybody. And by the way, don't you dare start worrying about what other people are going to think. It's not worth your time. I'm going to pray for us, and we're going to worship together. And whatever you need to do to respond, I want you to do that. Maybe God's going to start speaking about one of these four things that you've been holding back, or that he's just inviting you to not hold back a little bit deeper, a little bit more. Or maybe you're here this morning and you've never given your life to Jesus. Today, you need to give your life to Jesus. Don't hold back. Don't hold back your sin. Don't hold back your brokenness from Jesus. Let him touch you and make you new this morning. If you came with a friend, by all means, talk with them. If, if not, or you want somebody to just go pray with somebody, they'd love to talk with you. Do not hold back. We've got a few minutes left. Let's not hold back. Let's not hold back this year. God's ready to use you. God's ready to talk to you. God's ready to move in your life. He's speaking. Let him do it. Let's just believe. Lord, we love you. We thank you for these moments together. And even as we praise with this last song, declaring that you have done it, that you have spoken, that is done by the power of your blood, Lord, would you take the belief deeper inside of us? Lead us in response, Holy Spirit. Teach us to not hold back these moments. 
any moment for the rest of our life. Would you move on us in Jesus' name?